here we have the story of a woman and Jesus eating with the Pharisees. And so we're going to go ahead and uh, dig into and read the scripture here. Um, and so in Luke 7, 36, it says, One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. So Jesus went and sat down to eat with the very Pharisees that were calling him, oh, you're not even a prophet because this woman is, is uh, wanting to come to you. The very, the very Pharisees that uh, were against him. And so for us, how, how willing are we to go sit down with those that are against us? How willing are we to go to the house of somebody who doesn't like us? And so I think in this story, as Jesus is at the, the house of the Pharisees, is it really reveals the character of who Jesus is and who God is. And it really reveals that Jesus is willing to give rebirth a chance. That he came into the house of the Pharisees, he sat down, ate with them, and had a conversation and he didn't take what the Pharisees had said about him before and say, well, because you are against me, now I'm against you. Or because you don't like me, I'm not going to come spend time with you. That he didn't take the previous actions of, of uh, the Pharisees and he didn't hold them against them. But rather he said, I'm going to come into your house. I'm going to sit down and eat. And I'm going to come into your house, and I'm going to sit here and be with you. And what we know about the Pharisees is, is they try to trap Jesus many times. That they tried to listen to what he was saying, see what he was doing, and they would try to manipulate that into their own plan. And so they try to trap Jesus with his words and with his actions. But Jesus comes into his house, their house, sits down, and decides to spend some time with them. And so I think for our lives, is we should look at the character of Jesus and believe that he gives rebirth a chance. That we can look at our lives and we can believe that Jesus will show up when we don't deserve it. That we can look at our lives and we can be willing to believe that Jesus loves us. And so the story of rebirth is, is uh, about Jesus coming into places, coming into situations that we as humans probably wouldn't really like. I mean, sitting down with maybe a coworker or, or a boss that doesn't like you for lunch. I mean, come on. Or sitting down with a, a friend that you haven't talked to in years that you kind of ended on bad terms and you're going to sit down and, and eat with them. And give them a chance. I mean, we as humans, just, we, we wouldn't even know how to start to do that. But Jesus gives the Pharisees a chance. Even though in almost every way the Pharisees were against him. And so I think that is what's beautiful about Jesus. Is that he's willing to give this rebirth a chance. And willing to give rebirth in our lives a chance. And so we, uh, one of the Pharisees that was in the room at the time that Jesus comes and eats with them is his name was Nicodemus. And he was a, a Pharisee that was 
uh, part of, of uh, the group of Pharisees that were kind of going around the city and, and trying to figure out who Jesus really was and trying to figure out who is this guy. And so we're going to hear a story of Nicodemus here. Um, and so we'll go ahead and, and read here in John. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean? He ex exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say, you also must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants. Just as you can hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it's going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only Son that, whoever, that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God had sent his Son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. So I think there's a lot that we can learn from the patience of Jesus in this. That even though Nicodemus was one part of the people group that was against him, that Jesus was patient with him and had a conversation. He said, hey, I know you're coming to me after hours in the dark, which probably you don't want people to see you, which is okay. But you still are coming to have a conversation. And Nicodemus wants to know, Jesus, who are you? We know that you're from God. But what does that mean in my life? What does that mean in the lives of those that you are coming to heal and, and help and to save? What does that mean? Who are you, dude? And Jesus replies, and the, the most Jesus kind of way is Jesus is, uh, gives an answer that Nicodemus wasn't searching for. But gives an answer of what Nicodemus needs. And that's, I am the one that you think is here to save. I'm going to save. Not in human ways. I'm not going to teach you human things. But rather, I'm going to teach you about the salvation that comes through my death and resurrection. And so he's patient with Nicodemus. And so the, the Lord is also patient with us today. That when we can't fully understand what he's doing in our life, where we fully can't understand with our head what's going on. Because Nicodemus jumped to the, the logical thing, right? Oh, so I need to be born again. So I need to have a rebirth. So obviously I need to figure out how I can go back into my mother's womb and, and make this thing work. But Jesus isn't asking Nicodemus to figure that out logically. He's not asking Nicodemus. He's not inviting Nicodemus into rebirth up in his knowledge, but in his heart. To believe that he is sent from God and the Holy Spirit is moving in ways that Nicodemus can't explain, moving in ways that Nicodemus won't be able to tell um, the Pharisees and, and they can logically figure it out. So Jesus is patient with them. 
just like he's patient with us when we don't have it all figured out. Because, I mean, how many people in here actually have life figured out? Because I would love to have a conversation with you after. And so the invitation from Jesus for rebirth isn't to know everything, but to step forward in courage. Rebirth is it invites courage. And Nicodemus had the courage. He had the courage to come in front of Jesus, even though his, his uh, fellow people, are, the fellow Pharisees, are saying, Yee. Nicodemus had the courage to come before Jesus and ask questions. And so rebirth invites courage. And so we often, it often takes courage for us to move from where we are into rebirth. That often takes courage to move from the spot we are in into a new creation, a new rebirth. And we know that change is never easy in our lives. That change transitions are never easy. I mean, some, some are. But change, it, personal change in our heart is never easy. That when things transition and the God's inviting us to leave what we know behind, leave behind the things that we're holding so tightly to, and to move into rebirth is it's never easy. So this weekend, uh, I went with my in-laws and with uh, Rachel. We went to, to drop off their foster baby that they have had since July. We went to drop her off at her new family. And it was a beautiful celebration that we dropped her off in, uh, in San Antonio and Bernie. And, and so we got to see uh, a beautiful transition of a, a girl that is longing for family. And she had a, uh, a family with the Vanderwaters, but now moving into a permanent family is it's not going to be an easy transition for that family as they try to figure out how do we welcome another uh, child into our household. And it's not easy for the Vanderwaters saying the, the girl that God had entrusted us to take care of for eight months, nine months, is now transitioning into a new home. Transition isn't always easy. But the change is a good thing when it's with Jesus. And so rebirth often invites courage. And rebirth does not happen staying where we are. And so we get to, to look at the courage of the woman that the story talks about. And, uh, and it says, When a certain immoral woman from that city heard he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfumes. Could you imagine uh, being the woman that was there, that she um, was walking into a, a house where the Pharisees probably labeled her as, as a whore, labeled her as somebody that was undesired, labeled her as somebody that was not good enough. Could you imagine being that woman? Probably maybe you tried to figure out in your head, how can I meet Jesus outside of the house as he's coming out and finishing lunch or dinner? Um, how, can, how can I just meet Jesus and encounter, maybe when there's not a lot of people around that call me a whore, call me undesirable, don't want me, I don't ha- says I don't have status. She probably was thinking these things in her head. How can I encounter Jesus where those that are against me aren't seen or aren't around? But what courage she had 
to walk into the house uninvited to walk into the place of probably where her enemies are and to walk in and seek out Jesus. And she didn't have a guarantee that Jesus was going to forgive her sins. She didn't have a guarantee that Jesus was going to paint the picture of her future. She just wanted to walk into the house and sacrifice and give up what she had for Jesus. That she didn't have to have it all figured out in her head of, of uh, okay, if I talk to Jesus, then maybe he'll, uh, he'll forgive my sins and then I can move on and do this, 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 and this, and I can have it all, you know, worked out. No, she went into the house because seeking Jesus and being with Jesus, she had hope that that was enough. And I think the same is for our lives too. That as we have the courage to take a step forward and move from where we are into what Jesus is calling us into is we can experience a change. We can experience a rebirth. Not based on our actions, not based on how big our step is or how small our step is or how awesome our great our action is or how small it is. It's not based on that but it's based on what Jesus is calling us into, giving us the faith to take that step forward. And it may not be easy. It may be going into a place where your people are against you, going into work where people are against you, going into uh, your everyday life where people are against you, your family might be against you. The odds might be against you, but Jesus is right there. And that's plenty for us, guys. That is plenty. And so we can learn from the courage of this woman that was so boldly stepped into the rebirth. So what is holding you back from rebirth today? What is holding you back from taking that small step in faith to what Jesus is calling you into? Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. Rebirth includes humbleness. I mean, what a great example of somebody's humility that she was pouring perfume over Jesus' feet, kneeling down, and, and wiping her tears with her hair. And wiping Jesus' feet with her hair. She didn't ask to be forgiven. She didn't expect Jesus to even acknowledge her. But she simply loved Jesus enough and wanted to sacrifice for him. Because she wanted to be near. She wanted to be near Jesus. And why would she ask for such a great gift and not ask for anything in return. Because for her, Jesus was all she wanted. And so when we realize in our lives that we have nothing to offer, when we realize that we don't have anything, that we realize that we probably deserve death, that's kind of where we're at. Is we don't deserve to be even close to Jesus. We don't even deserve to have anything. 
that our sin has just crept in so many areas of our life. Sin has done so much in the lives of our friends and our family that we don't even deserve to be near Jesus. And so all we deserve is rejection and judgment. Because the woman probably deserved rejection and and judgment from the Pharisees. Because she had no status. She was a whore. She had nothing to offer the world. But Jesus still accepts her and acknowledges her. So rebirth includes humility. And I don't know about you guys, but for me, humility is kind of a tough thing. <laughs> Has a couple agree? It's, it's so easy for me to think that I am better than, than I really am. That the sin inside my heart tells me that I'm a, I'm a really good husband, so I don't have to try to serve my wife when she asks me to. Or I'm a really good preacher, so I don't have to give this or I'm a really good church planter, or I'm a really good friend, I'm a really good this, that, and the other. And so it's easy for me to elevate myself higher. But what this woman is, she was recognizing that even though she wasn't invited, that she still came. And even though she didn't have anything to offer, she still tried. So I think that's the invitation for me and for us today, is not to come before Jesus and say, look at what I have to offer. This is the best thing in the world. So because it's the best thing in the world, you can have it. But Jesus doesn't want that. What Jesus wants is us. What Jesus wants is you. He wants you right where you're at. He wants you in your sin. He wants you in your lack of status. He wants you to be part of his family. That he wants you as his child. And so the story continues. I tell you, Jesus says this, I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love. But a person who is forgiven little shows only a little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. May we today have the courage to approach Jesus, even when we might be ridiculed and rejected. May we today be humble enough to to acknowledge that we need Jesus. May we learn from the story that Jesus is always willing to enter ours, even in the midst of all of our stuff. That Jesus is willing to come into our story. And some of our stories are are messed up. Some of our stories are ones we don't like to share. Some of our stories are stories that are filled with a lot of hurt and a lot of heartbreak. Some of our stories are filled with celebrations. Some of our stories are filled with happiness and joy. But we don't have to do anything for Jesus to come and step into our story and to be with us. And so he's inviting us today to have the courage, have the humility to step in and wait for him. To take that step forward and to watch him act. Take that step forward and to move and he will be there. And he is with us each and every day. 
that the rebirth for this woman didn't come in the form of, of now she's not, uh, now she has everything. She has all the money in the world she could want. She has all the status she could desire. But the rebirth for her came in the, the form of forgiveness of sin. That she was there in front of her, the people that were rejecting her. And Jesus says, you are forgiven. That you are absolved of all your sin. And so that's what he is telling us today. That you are forgiven. That he remembers your sin no more. But he is inviting you to be part of his family today. And so we can learn from the story of of the Pharisees as well. That we don't have to and we should not look at our faith as what we are doing. But we should look at it in terms of just being with Jesus. And so Nicodemus, um, he, he has this conversation with Jesus and he's talking with Jesus and, and he realizes, whoa, this Jesus guy is who I want to follow. And he gave the Pharisees a chance to follow as well. And so, so as the kids are coming in, uh, we get to experience a great story today of rebirth as we, we celebrate the baptism of Hannah Alice Schreiner. And so um, I'll invite the family to come forward, and, uh, and I'll invite the congregation as the families uh, around the baptismal font to stand up and to, uh, to be present with the Shriners. <laughs> 